everyone, welcome to episode 108 of Together BHA. My name is Josh, as always, and Happy New Year. Uh, I hope you all had a good New Year's Eve. Uh, my New Year's Eve was uh, sitting inside and not doing a great deal uh, with the wife because New Year's was cancelled, as was everything else, due to COVID. Uh, I was supposed to be going to a wedding, and that would have been a absolute baller uh, of a New Year's Eve, um, a New Year's Eve wedding. Uh, but not to be. Um, so here we are, uh, January the 3rd. Um, and yesterday was my birthday, so it's been a busy weekend of doing not much at all. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the main kind of thing, of course, yesterday was the Albion game, uh, and that's what we're here to discuss. So uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers at home came visiting. Um, let's take a look at the game itself. Uh, so today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the game, of course. Um, we're also going to take a look at, at the match stats. We're going to do some player ratings. Um, and then we are going to take a look uh, at the alternative option um, for for the January transfer window. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that uh, a little bit further down the line. So first things first, uh, the Wolves recap. So... Albion once again lined up with the three at the back and the wing-back formation, 3-4-2-1 again. Uh, Byrne at centre-back, uh, March and Veltman at wing-back, uh, Mopai, Aaron Connolly and Trossard up front as a rotating front three, uh, with Ben White back in the midfield. Lots of good and lots of bad with this lineup before a ball is even kicked for myself. Uh, we have Dan Byrne in the side when I said just a few days ago that he seemed to be off the boil entirely. Um, and then we persisted with the Ben White experiment uh, at central defensive midfield. Both things ended up coming back to haunt us today, in my opinion. Uh, one of them a lot more than the other, uh, but they, they were not great manoeuvres there. On the plus side, we got a full Christmas festive fixture list from Bissouma. Uh, he ended up being able to play in every single game across the Christmas period. And a front three that on their day can be exciting, dynamic, deadly... Um, if you put a big man in that front three, if you replace one of those three with a big man, there truly could be, you know, goals galore in this side. Um, and we'll discuss that further down. You all uh, really loved the player ratings last time. I got actually a lot of good feedback out of nowhere uh, for kind of going through individual player ratings. Um, so this review is in two parts, the the flashpoints with match stats. And then, of course, we're going to go ahead and, and take a look at those those player ratings. So... Goal number one came around in the 13th minute uh, with Leandro Trossard to Connolly. Great goal. Aaron Connolly didn't do a great deal today, actually. Uh, but Brighton had 13 shots with four on target. Of those shots, Connolly, who was the main kind of front man for the entire first half, only had two of those 13. Uh, but both were on target. And most importantly, one of them was a goal. Uh, he took it very well indeed. Um, if Aaron was taller, you know, if Connolly was six foot three, I'd say we have our tall big man with pace and power. Um, but his lack of size, of course, really hurts. Uh, but the ball in was perfect for the strikers on the pitch from Trossard. And the goal was very well taken. Uh, proper poachers, predators instinct. 1-0. Good start to the game. 13 minutes in. Six minutes later, the Albion concede a corner we didn't need to concede. Uh, Dan Byrne headed the ball out for no reason when Sanchez was was right behind him. Pretty easy to just collect it uh, if he had headed it back to him. Not to be. Uh, the ball comes in. It was cleared. 
can't clear the second ball, third ball, fourth ball. Great ball back into the box for the uh, the back post for Sice to to head home comfortably. Uh, it was another set piece, um, another collapse from the Albion from that set piece. Not good at all. Um, bad, 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 as usual from set pieces, it feels. Goal number three. So between the second and the third goal, Albion were doing a really good job, I thought, of pressing hard. We had 65% possession in between the two goals, 92% pass accuracy. And then the ball, uh, on, a, on a pretty rare Wolverhampton attack, is, is whipped in rather harmlessly. Uh, but it does take a slight deflection, and Sanchez is forced to punch it out rather flappily, uh, where it hits Dan Byrne and rolls in. Own goal. Calamity. Uh, Sanchez, in my opinion, got everything wrong with the clearance. Uh, he punched it instead of doing anything else with it. Uh, I know that there was a deflection, but at the end of the day, you it, it looked totally bad. It just looked bad. He, he punched the clearance into traffic. Uh, and then Byrne, who is playing uh, left-sided centre-back or left-back, uh, was way out of position as well. He was on the right-hand side of the goal. Um, what on earth was he doing there? Nobody knows. Um, and the ball rolls in the back of the net, and it and it's two one Wolves uh, out of nowhere almost. At this point, heads were starting to drop. Uh, Albion lost the possession battle pretty badly. Um, they couldn't string passes together. Their pass accuracy went from ninety two percent before the third goal to seventy eight percent. And just before half time, Burn commits another. Uh, comedic error bringing down Triore uh, when the ball is already naturally going out of play and there is a penalty to Wolves in the kind of dying moments of the first half uh, Sanchez being a big lanky goalkeeper uh, despite the amount of people I've seen on North Stand chat tell me that having a tall goalkeeper will result in, in penalty saves not today unfortunately uh, doesn't help and it's 3-1 and uh, the Albion's heads seem to be gone at this point um, WhatsApp chats are melting down. Twitter's melting down. Potter out is in the is in the works. He's already been sacked. Half time, he's been told he's done. Everything's over. Potter's got no more time to save his job. Everything's done. The world is ending. The big rip is coming. Everything's gonna die. And yet, the second half bought a new strategy. We moved to four at the back. Connolly was off with a hamstring injury enforced. Zakiri on. Interesting. Good stuff. Basuma off. Proper on. With Basuma looking likely to get a red card today, or rather yesterday, uh, probably a good decision from Potter. Um, and we started electric. Uh, we immediately played the ball forward. And an insanely stupid trip, uh, just as dumb as Dan Burns was, gives us a penalty within moments of the second half underway. The fastest penalty awarded in the second half of Premier League season. Uh, I would love to know if there's any Premier League uh, seasons where that isn't the fastest penalty ever in Premier League history to be given after a half-time whistle. Uh, Mopai steps up, no effing about, smashes it down the middle, 3-2, and Albion are back and in the ascendancy. Um, and along comes goal number six after absolutely ages of pressing them uh you know it's 50 minutes go by 60 minutes go by 65 minutes go by and the albion are just all over them it's a game of attack versus defense um and what ended up being the last goal of the game albion set pieces uh have actually improved dramatically in recent weeks offensively not defending obviously um 
we could have scored one or two prior to this. Uh, we, you know, we we won five corners yesterday, and three of them found a friendly head. Uh, that is much better than early December and before. Uh, the ball comes in. Dunk rises highest, three three. Dunk is absolutely mental, celebrating passionately. You can see what it means to the players. They're playing for Potter. They're playing for his reputation. They're playing for his job security. Whether it's true or not, they know that they need to come out there and show a performance worthy of watching. Uh, and they, you know, they did so with aplomb, in my opinion. That second half was a total turnaround, and we looked so much better. So the game ends 3-3. Um... And to me, you know, of all the teams that look like winning the game after this, uh, you know, I, I thought it was very much the Albion. Um, there was a couple of missed chances in the end. Uh, the game was, you know, pretty end-to-end, pretty even stuff. Uh, Albion edged the ball with 54% possession. Uh, we edged the shots with 13 shots to their 11 and had a slight, high, slightly higher pass accuracy. Um, but overall, this was anyone's game. Um, Byrne rounded off his awful day uh, by blocking a superb ball over the top to go 4-3 up. Um, it was a great ball over the top from a kind of a second touch on a set piece. Um, and he just decided to jump up and block it as opposed to letting it go forward and, and, and possibly be a, be a winner. Uh, Trossard had a goal disallowed um, due to totally inept refereeing, uh, which is unsurprising when this is the same man who gave Manchester United an illegal penalty uh, to decide a result on his own. He just decided to allow Manchester United to win that game. Um, And Wolves missed a free header in the last touch of the game with uh, their American central midfielder coming on um, and missed a total free header. Uh, Absolutely nuts. The game was mental. Absolutely end-to-end stuff. Um, and and who knows, you know, what a Potter has to say at the end of that one, because it could have easily have been, you know, 5-3 to us or 5-3 to them. Um, so in terms of the, the game ratings, the player ratings, uh, let's take a look at them individually. Robert Sanchez, uh, I give a 6. Um, reason being is two things. Uh, I am adjusting my ratings overall, uh, simply because last week the feedback I got was was great uh, but it was very much a case of you 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 rated them a bit too high because we didn't win um which is entirely fair uh so i'm kind of adjusting them to be a bit less hyped um and trying to be a bit more realistic so sanchez six out of ten uh, very average day in front of goal to be honest uh distribution did seem a lot better um but his mistake for the second goal was very poor in my opinion um couldn't do anything about the penalty or the first goal uh, you know, you could be seven foot seven and, and that's going to be a tough one to get to. Um, it was a total change of direction. So it was tough on him. Another OK day for Sanchez with one mistake marring it. Uh, that mistake brought him from a seven to a six. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's got to get more on that uh, clearance or if he can't get more, he's at least got to direct it away from his own box with traffic in it. Damn burn. <laughs> Two out of ten. Awful. Um, the worst rating I might ever give out on this show ever. Um, and it's only two episodes into doing this rating. Uh, an own goal, a penalty given away, and a goal scoring opportunity blocked. And a booking. Uh, yikes. Um, he did make two successful tackles. He did make a successful interception. Uh, he did make four successful clearances. Um, he led the team in pressures. Uh, so, you know, he was working hard to rectify these mistakes, but... My oh my, um, 
to me, you know, Dan Byrne is, it seems that someone's pressed the fast forward button on, on watching his deterioration, uh, from, from grace. Uh, he is not the same player he was last year. Um, and he is very much feeling like he's on the decline. Um, on the other hand, we have Lewis Dunk who gets a nine, uh, a goal, two tackles, one block, three clearances. Uh, he made 121 passes yesterday. And of those 121, 112 of them were successful Was were successful and accurate. Um, that was first by Miles. Uh, only Proper had a better pass accuracy with 95% today. Lewis had 92.5. Um, and overall drove the team forward. Uh, along with his excellent partner in, in crime today, and that's Adam Webster. Uh, Adam gets a two, an 8 out of 10. Two shots, one off the bar, one key pass. Uh, most progressive yards carrying the ball. Um, he carries that ball out of central defense like nobody else. Uh, a successful tackle, two successful interceptions, five clearances, which was the most on the team. Um, Webster and Donk are looking more and more dangerous offensively as the season goes on. He is looking better and better. Um, goals are coming from set pieces for him, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, for those in fantasy football, uh, he he is not a bad option to stick in your, your defense um, because I, I truly think that, that goals are coming from him, um, central defensive-wise, from those... Uh, from those areas so i would uh i would be very much interested to see what happens for sure um next up sonny march uh six out of ten um rather anonymous in my opinion yesterday uh three tackles one interception one shot uh three key passes but only 0.15 uh expected assists so his passes were were rather poor uh that led to the shots um, and you know, his one positive today is he sure did like getting fouled. Uh, he won three free, three free kicks more than anybody else. Uh, but his overall playmaking, um, you know, the, it's kind of one of those examples of stats can be misleading, right? Uh, he looks like he had a great day on paper. Uh, but you know, when you look at the deeper dive, um, those stats are not so, you know, just decisive. Um, Bissouma, six out of 10. A uh, bit of a poorer day at the office for Bissouma as well. No shots, no key passes, only one successful dribble. Um, all lows for him, dramatically so. Uh, that dribble is definitely an all-time low. Uh, one tackle, one block shot. Um, but he did lead the team in fouls as well. <laughs> um, and would have been sent off, in my opinion, for the second half uh, if it wasn't for the substitution Graham Potter made, thankfully. Uh, he does miss the Manchester City game now. Um, not good, but he does get a long break. Um, you know, he's played a lot of games this Christmas. Um, and so he is off and now will not be seen again until the Manchester City game or rather the, uh, the Leeds game, which is about what, two and a half weeks from today, I believe. Um, two weeks from today, two and a half weeks from today. So we've got Newport on the 10th, Man City on the... 13th i think and then leads on the 16th so yeah the 16th is when we'll see basuma again um good to see him get a long break we might even see him against newport now just to keep him ticking over uh, as a substitute ben white five out of ten uh, anonymous in the central midfield role again in my opinion one key pass in the role uh, with a 0.02 expected assist uh looked much better whenever he dropped back and webster went forward um, and once again, looked even better in a back four when Byrne went off for that last kind of 25 minutes. 
Um, to me, when Proper is back to full fitness and good to go, and we have, you know, Davy Proper, Bissouma, this Jacob Moda, uh, Alzate and Lalana available, um, I, I, I never want to see Ben White at central midfielder again. You know, I, I'm a big fan of him at centre-half, but at centre-back, uh, but at central midfielder, he's just not got it. Um, it's just one of those things. Veltman uh, did okay again at right, right wing back today. He gets a 7 out of 10. Uh, two key passes, six tackles. Um, the six tackles were the most successful tackles in the team by double. Um, nobody else had above three. Uh, he kept them very quiet on that side of the pitch away from Traore. Um, no, he isn't as good as Lamptey. He can't do the same job as Tariq, but I think he did a good enough job again today. Um, both at right back and right wing back, I thought he was very good. Um, and, you know, he's a he's been a good signing so far. Uh, probably unintended with the amount of time he's been getting, but very good. Uh, Neil Mopai, 9 out of 10. Scored a goal, had three shots, one on target, uh, and overall played the nuisance role really well. Um, I would probably usually put him as, a, as an 8 or maybe even a 7.5 today um, because outside of the goal, he didn't do a huge amount other than kind of playing that nuisance role really well. However, uh, he gets a high mark for being the leader in the dressing room between the two halves. Uh, his post-match interview uh, seems that he was the man to stand up in that room and let his peers know this was not acceptable. They need to be doing better. Uh, this man is clearly showing leadership tendencies. He's only young, uh, and it worked. Um, and then led by example, right? Smashing the penalty away first thing in the second half, and you could see him revving up the others as he was taking the ball back to the halfway line. Super stuff today, uh, you know, led by example. Trossard, 9 out of 10, two assists today, and what should have been the game winner, disallowed. Uh, Trossard has good days and bad days. Today was a very good one. Uh, also made two tackles and two interceptions and contributed at both ends of the pitch. He was on fire today. I thought Trossard was very, very good. Um, Aaron Connolly. Aaron Connolly gets an eight uh, simply because he scored, right? <laughs> uh, ironically, eight is also the amount of touches he had all game in that first half. Um, but one of them was the goal. So we have to give him massive credit for it because it was very well taken. It was very well poached and, and he did enough to get the goal. Um, so well done, Aaron Connolly. Uh, Lalana, six out of ten. Very quiet, twenty-five minutes. Did not change the game as as I'm sure Potter hoped he would. Um, Andy Zakiri gets a six. Uh, he looks very promising. Made good runs. Uh, looked a bit more of a presence than the current crop of strikers did and were and did well. Uh, three shots attempted, one tackle. Um, he did a good job leading that line. You know, I thought he did a good job playing the Aaron Connolly role. Uh, barring a missed sitter at the back post, you can't miss those chances, Andy. You are copying everybody else. Stop making those mistakes. If it wasn't for that sitter, uh, he would probably be sitting at a seven. Um, but nope, he sits at a six. Um, and then Davy Proper, five out of ten. Very quiet day at the office for the substitute. Uh, didn't really do a great deal, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I thought he would, probably would have done a bit more, um, but did not. Uh, so pretty much wraps up the Wolves recap. Uh, pretty much nails down everything. Um, so let's get on to the, the transfer stuff. So last podcast, we discussed managers in and managers out and, and board investment and what that looks like. Uh, 
Now, now is that time that we talk about the investment. You know, we talked about if Potter was to leave, what will we, what will we be looking for, and all that sort of stuff. So, let's talk about that investment. Here is what I believe Potter believes to be his best eleven: Sanchez, Lamptey, White, Dunk, Webster, March, Basuma, Lalana, if fit, Trossard, Mopai, and Welbeck. If that eleven is our best. I believe we have work to do in two key areas. One of them is getting an adequate backup at right wing back. We desperately need adequate cover for Lamptey who struggles to stay fit. And Veltman, albeit serviceable, is not a right wing back. Now, if we were to change to four at the back when Tariq is out, we don't need to look for this. But it does not look like that's something that Potter wants to do. So, the criteria when looking at a right wing back... They need to be a bit older due to Tariq being that young prodigy. They need to be willing to be a rotation option because they're not going to get in ahead of Lamptey when fit. And they also need to be inexpensive. So here's the options. Option number one, we've got four options. Option number one, Kiko Firmino, playing well in the championship for Watford, uh, was used to being a rotation option in the Premier League as well um, and, and would be someone well worth looking at. Uh, Watford are in sixth place in the championship. They are not pulling up trees uh in fact they're struggling um they just got beat by swansea this weekend uh you know they're not putting down the same stamp that bournemouth and norwich are uh and you know could be somebody we could sneak out of there for a couple of million quid option number two moses odebeo at 27 year old, years old playing for sheffield wednesday would definitely want to leave if given the option um has been discussed as a premier league option for the albion for years even even in the championship days, we would we were in discussions with talking about this dude. Uh, plays right wing back, comfortable in the role. Would happy to be a rotation option, in my opinion. Uh, getting his Premier League chance um, behind Tariq. And, and I think we could probably get a decent fee for him, uh, simply because Sheffield Wednesday would need to make the money. Two loan options. Um, first of all, Jaden Bogle. Uh, loan moves would be best here in my opinion so Jaden would be a good option caused us problems from wing back when he came on for Sheffield United uh, has only made two appearances for them all season and that's due to the festive fixtures and would provide a really strong backup option uh, although I'm, I, I think that would be a great option I don't think it would happen simply because Sheffield United would probably see us as, as a relegation rival and, and they're not going to want to give up uh, and, and give us an option to be stronger uh, the other option is DeAndre Yedlin um, at right wing back on loan. Uh, obviously, a bunch of Premier League experience would be a backup. Um, he's only made three appearances for Newcastle all season, um, including you know the latest game again due to the festive fixtures. Uh, I think that would also be a doable move, um, but it, you know again it remains to be seen uh, if Newcastle see us as a relegation rival if they would want that to be something that happens. Now then, onto the good stuff. Uh, the other place we need to improve is striker. So I know that a lot of podcasts for the Albion uh, that have popped up in, in recent weeks, you know, uh, are, or rather months and years, um, are all talking about transferring strikers. I would love to see uh, what names they come up with in this in this kind of area. 
just to see how many of us are on the same page. Um, so I will be I will be cheekily taking a listen to see what these people pop in to see how similar we all are in our thoughts. If we are very similar, um, then it's even more worrying that the Albion recruitment team can't get these people, at least on the phone. Um, so I have uh, five options. Um, all of them fit the Brighton mold in what we look for and targets we we kind of look at. Um, so number one, well not number one. I have I have a personal pick myself, um, but you know of the five, uh, he's the last on the list uh, that I've got here to go through. So uh, first option, Ivan Tony, uh, top scorer in the championship, playing for Brentford. Uh, rumors are we were in before this. Uh, you know, rumors are we were talking about trying to get him from from Peterborough. I think uh, you know before he moved to Brentford. Um, however, he's not the tallest option. He's only five foot nine, five foot ten. Uh, does he offer a different enough option? Um, would he even be good enough at this level? Uh, would he want to leave after only six months um, at, at Brentford? Uh, in my opinion, no. Uh, I. I don't think this is a goer. Uh, I don't think he's different enough, um, and I think we've we've made a good effort at, at recruiting in the championship. Uh, and I think that if we were to make a signing, um, I think we would probably go abroad, uh, which is good because our next four are options from abroad. Uh, so they all fit the same mold. They're playing for teams in the you know top five, top seven divisions uh, in the in Europe. Uh, they are players that are playing for poorer teams, but also producing results, uh, which is something that the Albion does also tend to enjoy going after, um, or playing in a, a worse division than the Premier League, where they would be biting at the chance to come here. So, first one, uh, Mbala Zola, uh, six foot one, 24-year-old Angolan striker, uh, plays for Spezia in Syria. Uh, they are in a very similar position to us in the table. Um, we would be able to offer him more money, more spotlight, and a pathway to potentially playing for bigger teams. Uh, as I said, he's only 24. Um, he has seven goals in nine games in Syria, uh, provides a bit of height at six foot one. Uh, that current options do not. And and he also fits that Albion Moneyball prototype, right? Uh, I think we could probably get him at a decent price. Ten t- you know, everything I'm putting here today is probably going to cost us anywhere between 10 to 30 million pounds. Um, but most of these players we could make money on uh, if they perform, you know, as expected. Um, but obviously questions will remain for Zola, uh, about his ability to cut it in the Premier League, and then obviously his willingness to leave, uh, which we're going to have a problem with with all of them. Third option, uh, Bulai Dia. This is a player that has been on the rumour mill for absolutely ages as well. He's currently the second top scorer in League One in the French Premier League, basically. Uh, 10 goals in 14 games for Rem, Rheem. Uh, they are not doing very well either. Um, five foot eleven, um, not the different dimension of striker we we need, you know, but he does seem to be absolutely prolific uh, and playing for a very poor team in France who are in a similar spot to us. We of course could pay him more. Uh, you know, if this team do go down, it would be a nice payday for them. 
once again, we offer that kind of spotlight that the Premier League provides. Um, the cons are he is, you know, how different is he to Mopai and Welbeck? Uh, we would still have no major presence up front, you know, as a taller, taller, rangier striker. Um, and we would probably have to spend an awful lot of money on him simply because he's, he's scoring so many goals currently. Uh, and that, to me, is a worry. Uh, I'm not sure that would be the best move that we could make. Fourth option, Raul de Tomas. Uh, five foot eleven as well, so same height as as Bull Idea. Uh, Twelve goals in seventeen games in the Spanish second division. Uh, for <sighs> this is a place that Albion love to poach from, right? The Segunda division. Uh, he is twenty six, so he might be too old for the model that Albion go for. Um, his team are top of the Segunda, so they may be more reluctant. Um, but despite his height. He seems to be a major danger in the air, uh, with over a third of his goals coming from headers. So of his 12 goals, uh, over four of them have come from his head. Uh, I think he would be willing to come. Uh, it's whether he would be affordable um, for a team that are doing so well and looking to get promoted back to that top flight. Would they be willing to offload? Um, but I think all of these options so far you know, offer something slightly different, um, but not a huge amount of difference, but they're all prolific, which is something we're missing right now. Um, and we only need someone able to put it in the back of the net, and all of a sudden we are laughing our way to the points bank. Final option on the list uh, is the man that I'm most high on myself. Paul Onyuachu. <laughs> uh, my personal pick. Um, he is a Nigerian international. Uh, I would believe getting uh, work permits would be... Uh, very unproblematic for him. Uh, he currently plays in Belgium. Um, he is six foot seven, a massive presence. He has scored 15 goals in 15 games in Belgium. Uh, Trossard would have someone to feed, and it is someone he has worked with in the past as they both were at Genk together. He has good experience, including European competitions, of course. He's played against the big teams. He knows what he's doing in against the big teams. He's used to it. Um, he's played 39 games for Genk and scored 24 goals. Uh, if you look at any of his highlights packages, he even looks like he has a fair bit of pace on him. Um, and for a lad that tall, you know, that's a, that's a great asset to have as well. He is 26, so again, he's a little bit older, uh, but I think he still would be a great shot. Um, and like I said, he's a Nigerian international. Um, this man seems tailor-made for Albion stardom. Um, he even does freaking backflips when he scores. If this is not Bass Savage reincarnated at Premier League level, then I do not know who he is. Um, I believe our creative players, Bissouma, Gross, Proper, Trossard, they would do a job for somebody like Onyoachu for banter. Like, it would be hilarious. Um, to me... All of these players are likely to cost us somewhere between 10 to 30 million, depending on the one we go for. If you choose to keep Potter, it's now time to either put up or shut up as the board. You have got professional recruitment teams all over the world that are doing a job for a lot of money. And I have provided you five options as an idiot in North Carolina that can get you goals at this level at an affordable price. If your recruitment team cannot do the same thing, 
then you need to get rid of them. If you are not willing to spend the money on anybody of this caliber, then you need to just stop altogether. And just say that we're not investing in the, in the squad until next year if we go down or whatever. Now then, final option we have is, of course, loanies uh, and, and who we could bring in on loan. Um, just because the rumor mill is circulating, I've heard Sergio Romero as goalkeeper uh, coming in from Manchester United. Uh, I think I must have mentioned him three or four times in the past. Uh, would be a superb signing if we were to make his his uh, presence into the Albion known. Um, would be well up for that. And Divock Origi once again on the on the you know the back pages as possible move to the Albion um, again uh, would fit the role of presence. Knows how to score goals plays against big teams, used to it, Premier League experience. Uh, I would love Divock Origi at this, in this team. I think he would score goals for fun uh, if he is available as a loan option to a team lower down in the league. I, I would be delighted to have him. Uh, but for now, uh, you know, I, I haven't heard anything concrete about stuff like that. So Paul Onuachu is my boy. Hopefully we can go after somebody like that. Uh, and we will speak again uh, next week as we, you know, recap the FA Cup. And then after that, we will have a double header with Manchester City and Leeds back to back. So be good, stay safe, and we will talk next week.